Well, good morning. It's our first podcast, and it's pretty exciting. Yep. How are you girls this morning? Good. Good. Are you excited or nervous? Nervous. (laughs) Well, that's all right, because, you know, we've never done this before, so it'll be fun. But I guess let's start with praying, and then we'll proceed to talk about what we need to talk about. Ready? Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we just ask right now that you be with us during this time, that as we read through this sermon by Smith Wigglesworth, that it will be powerful to those listening to it, that it will resonate with us, that we'll be able to implement it into our lives, and that it will touch people that may listen to this podcast. We pray for wisdom and knowledge and that you give us the words that you need to be spoken. And we thank you for this opportunity to share with others what we get to talk about um, with each other. We thank you so very much, Father God, and we give you the credit and glory and everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do The Power of Faith, Smith Wigglesworth, Chapter 10, Count It All Joy. So... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, James 1, 2. This letter was addressed to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, verse 1. Only one, like the master, could stand and say to the people, Count it all joy, when they were dispersed everywhere, driven to their wit's end, and persecuted. The scriptures say that they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. Hebrews eleven thirty eight says... Of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. These people were separated from each other, but God was with them. It does not matter where you are if God is with you. He who is for you is a million times greater than all who can be against you. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, if by the grace of God we could only see that the blessings of God's divine power come to us with such sweetness, whispering to us, Be still, my child, all is well. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. What would happen if we learned the secret to asking once and then believing? What an advantage it would be if we would come to a place where we know that everything is within reach of us. God wants us to see that every obstacle can be removed. God brings us into a place where the difficulties are, where the pressure is, where the hard corner is, where everything is so difficult that you know there are no possibilities on the human side. God must do it. All these places are in God's plan. God allows trials, difficulties, temptations, and perplexities to come right alongside our path. But there is... Not a temptation or trial that can come to us without God providing a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You do not have the way out. It is God who can bring you through. Many saints come to me and want to pray for their nervous systems. 
I guarantee there is not a person in the whole world who could be nervous if he or she understood 1 John 4. Let us read verses 16 through 18. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us is in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let me tell you what perfect love is. The one who believes what Jesus is, I'm sorry, the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God is the one who overcomes the world. 1 John 5, 5. That says, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? What is the evidence and assurance of salvation? He who believes in his heart on the Lord Jesus, Acts 16.31. And that says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Every expression of love is in the heart. When you begin to pour out your heart to God in love, your very being, your whole self, desires him. Perfect love means that Jesus has taken hold of your intentions, desires, and thoughts and purified everything. Perfect love cannot fear. So 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. What God wants is to saturate us with his word. His word is a living truth. I would pity one who has gone a whole week without temptation because God tries only the people who are worthy. Then we must be really worthy because we have gone through tests and trials and temptations. <laughs> and it has been crazy. Uh, I, I think that might be a good thing then. <laughs> well, yeah, but it does make it tough sometimes, mm -hmm. especially when you're struggling and just wondering, and faith is definitely tested and has been tested for us for a long time. But we come out on the other side, like it says. Because God brings us through it. Yeah. So we can't do it by ourselves. We would still be at the starting line. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And we weren't very good at the starting line. <laughs> we We uh -huh. didn't do well. But we get better and better, and it's kind of awesome to see. Yep. And then the people around us get to see it as well. Yeah. And they say, wow, it's kind of cool. So anyways, um, so to continue on, it says, If you are passing through difficulties, trials are rising, darkness is appearing, and everything becomes so dense you cannot see through, Hallelujah. God will see you through. He is a God of deliverance, a God of power. He is near to you if you will only believe. He can anoint you with a fresh oil and make your cup run over. Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Jesus is the balm in Gilead. Jeremiah eight twenty two. 
Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? And see, and that's kind of important too, and that's something that we've talked about a lot. There shouldn't be sick people in church. God has given his people the authority to lay hands on the sick so that they will recover. And it makes me sad to think that people truly believe that God wants them sick. It says that God will get them through it. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't end there. I mean, you read through all the scriptures and it's time and time and time again where Jesus and the apostles and disciples are saying, do you want to be healed? Well, then let your faith make you well. Mm-hmm. But churches aren't doing that anymore. They're not laying hands on the sick. Now it's all about numbers. And this whole virus that happened and seeing all the churches shut down, minus a few, which God blessed those that stayed open because you did exactly what God would have done. He doesn't shut down because the government suggests it. And the Constitution says we have the right to worship. And we have the religious freedom. So no church should have shut down. And it bothers me that any churches, especially in the town that we're in, which isn't very big, shut every single one of them down. Yeah. So where was their faith? Were they laying hands on the sick so they would recover? It was... It's been really hard to watch that because then you realize just how dead the church is. And that's not, that's not who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. And then the Rose of Sharon from Song 2-1. Song of Psalms. Two, Solomon. Song of Solomon. <laughs> 2-1. I am a Rose of Sharon, a Lily of the Valleys. I believe that God wants to align us with such perfection of blessing and beauty that we will say... Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job thirteen fifteen. Job, by the way, is one of my favorite books that most churches don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that's frustrating. <laughs> that would challenge faith. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Job 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. And I, me and God have had words. Numerous words. <laughs> And there are times where I just wanted to be face-to-face with them. I know I'd be terrified to meet them face-to-face, but on the other side, I'd wrestle them. And I would do whatever I could to make sure that we were blessed and we were on the right path and that God knew how important he was in our lives, you know? Yeah. When the hand of God is on you and the clay is fresh in the potter's hands, the vessel will be made perfect as you are pliable in God's hands. Only melted gold is minted. Only moistened clay is molded. Only softened wax receives a seal. Only broken, contrite hearts receive the mark as the potter turns us on his wheel. He can put his stamp on you today. He can mold you anew and change your vision. He can remove the difficulty. The Lord of hosts is here, waiting for your affection. Remember his question, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? John 21, 21, 15, excuse me. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
He said to him, Feed my lambs. He never lets the chastening rod fall upon anything except what is marring in the vessel. If there is anything in you that is not yielded and bent to the plan of the Almighty, you cannot preserve what is spiritual only in part. When the Spirit of the Lord gets perfect control, then we begin to be changed by the expression of God's light in our human frame. The whole body begins to have the fullness of his life manifested until God so has us that we believe all things. If God brings you into oneness and fellowship with the Most High God, your nature will tremble in his presence. But God can chase away all the defects, the unrest, the unfaithfulness, the wavering, and he can establish you with such comfort that you rest in the Holy Spirit by the power of God. God invites us to higher heights and deeper depths. Therefore, we can sing, Make me better, make me purer, by the fire that refines, where the breath of God is sweeter, where the brightest glory shines. Take me higher up the mountain into fellowship with thee. In thy light I'll see the fountain and the blood that cleanses me. I am realizing these days that there is a sanctification of the Spirit where the thoughts are holy, where life is beautiful and pure. As you come closer to God, the Spirit reveals His holiness and shows us a new plan for the present and the future. The height and the depth and the breadth and the length of God's inheritance for us are truly wonderful. We read in Romans 8.10, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. What a vision. Beloved, the body is dead because sin is being judged and destroyed. The whole body is absolutely put to death. Consequently, there is his righteousness, his beauty, the life of the spirit, freedom, and joy. The spirit lifts the soul into the presence of heaven, and oh, this is glorious. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Perhaps you've been counting it all sadness until now. Never mind. Tell it to Jesus now. Express your deepest feelings to him. He knows it all. He knows it all. My father knows. He knows it all. The bitter tears, how fast they fall. He knows. My father knows it all. Sometimes I change the words to the song. I would like to sing it as I change it. The joy he gives that overflows, he knows. My father knows it all. Sorrow may come at night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. So many believers never look up. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And that came from John eleven forty one. that says, so they, <clears throat> so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted, lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Beloved, God wants us to have some resurrection touch about us. We may enter into things that will bring us sorrow and trouble. But through them, God will bring us to a deeper knowledge of himself. Never use your human plan when God speaks his word. You have your cue from an almighty source who has all the resources that never fade away. 
His treasury is past measuring, abounding with extravagances of abundance, waiting to be poured out upon us. Hear what the scripture says. God gives to all liberally and without reproach. But the full scripture says in James 1.5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. The almighty hand of God comes to our weakness and says, If you will dare to trust me and not doubt, I will abundantly satisfy you from the treasure house of the Most High. He forgives and supplies. He opens the door into his fullness and makes us know that he has done it all. When you come to him again, he gives you another overflow without measure, an expression of a father's love. Who desires anything from God? He can satisfy every need. He satisfies the hungry with good things, Luke 153. <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> Luke 153. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. I believe a real weeping would be good for us. You are in a poor way if you cannot weep. I do thank God for my tears, which help me. I like to weep in the presence of God. I ask you in the name of Jesus, will you cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. First Peter 5.7 is what it says. I am in great need today. I want an overflow. Come on, beloved, let us weep together. God will help us. Glory to God. How he meets the needs of the hungry. Sorry, I messed that one up. <laughs> Jocelyn had a moment of panic. She's like, I closed my Bible. I know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, how many times do we weep? A lot. For me, I do. And I cry out. And like I told you girls before, I scream in my pillow. Especially when I'm frustrated. And I'm trying to figure out God's will. And, and when you're in an area that is very void of the Holy Spirit and it's a struggle because you just crave that spirit of the Lord and you crave God's presence and it's just hard. Kind of the thing because we've all experienced the Holy Spirit move but other people haven't so if they go to a church or something and it's like completely dry but they think that their sermons are good or something since they haven't experienced the Holy Spirit they don't know if the Holy Spirit is actually in that place or not. But, but you can't miss that, though. And you can even read the Bible, and you can read how the Holy Spirit moved and worked. If your church or whatever isn't aligning with that, then maybe there's not a move of the Holy Spirit, because right. there's fruit accompanied with the Holy Spirit. And if that's not being produced, then it's barren. Yeah. And it's sad. Right. Well, and then because we have experienced so much, I mean, we've experienced homeless, homelessness, mm -hmm. and we saw God move mightily through that, yeah. and we've experienced lack and losing everything, and we've also heard angels sing, and we've seen angels, and angels have, well, for me, they've held my hand up when I got tired, when I was praying and worshiping, and... Um, I'm sad that so many other people are missing out on that. Well, they just, they, they're just missing out. 
I don't think they believe that God does that anymore. Which but is he, sad. but the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah, and in the New Testament, he still moved and worked. Yeah. Why it doesn't change? Yeah, he can still do that today. If the faith, faith has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People's faith has changed. They are um, being told things, and instead of checking and verifying, they just believe it. And again, we can come back to the whole virus thing. They're not paying attention. They're being naive and kind of foolish. By law, nothing had to shut down. Mm -hmm. Nobody had to shut anything down. And it makes me sad because history really is repeating itself. Um, People questioned how the Jews hopped on boxcars when Nazi Germany and Hitler were proclaiming their safety if they just hop on these boxcars and they were brought to their death because they bought into what the government was telling them. Mm -hmm. So I look at what's going on now and all these people wearing masks because the government told them to, it's not protecting them. There's nothing telling them that, yes, this is going to keep you safe. But these people are following it anyways. They, in one week's time, they gave up all of their rights, their constitutional rights, and that's scary to me. I never thought, and we've talked about this before, I never thought I would see the day that my country would so easily hand over their rights and then two months later demand them back. It's like the government knows now. All they got to do is switch the name of the flu over to a different virus name. Mm-hmm. And here you go, there goes your freedoms. Because you so easily handed them over. And you can circle it back to the church, Mm -hmm. where here we had the stomach flu going around and nobody freaked out. Everyone still sent their kids to school, everyone Mm -hmm. still showed up at church, and we live in an elderly community. A town that's mostly populated by older people. They were fine. And the church, they... Like, the week after the virus announcements or whatever, they started taking all these precautions. Even though the Bible says that we will lay our hands on the sick and they will be, co- be or recover. Right. So why, especially, should the church be afraid of sickness? Right. It shouldn't. Mm-mm. But it's fear. All of it's fear-mongering. And people are buying into the fear. And they're like, this is the new normal. It's not the new normal. This, this is what happens when the government starts taking control over areas in people's lives they have no business taking control over. It's, it's oppression. Um, you see all the way back in biblical times when Egypt was oppressing Israel. And Israel far exceeded their population in Egypt and could have easily wiped them out. Mm-hmm. But there was still that fear and oppression of what's going to happen, who's going to feed us, who's going to this. And it's like, you know, what I'm seeing is people's faith is misplaced. They're putting their faith in the government, which is very dangerous. The church talks about, well, we were listening to the governing authorities. Back in the biblical times, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the church, they were the governing authorities. Um. And now the church has basically handed over what God gave us. 
Jesus died on the cross and gave us all these freedoms and this power and authority with his Holy Spirit, and nobody utilizes it as they need to. They call themselves Christians, but I'll tell you what, people that are calling themselves Christians, they are not Christians. Mm -mm. Not what comes out of their mouth, not what is produced as far as fruit of the Spirit. It is non-existent. You don't see the move of the Holy Spirit. People are still in fear. They just assume that everything is supposed to be this way. God is in control, yes. But he also left his people that have faith and trust in him, have his Holy Spirit with the power and authority to fight back mm -hmm. and to take back what Jesus has already died for. We're supposed to keep that. Just like our founding fathers told us, you need to keep your freedoms and fight for them. Yeah. Because they're God-given. Mm -hmm. They can't be taken from us. And for those people that are being pure evil and burning down churches, this is what is, it angers me and it's laughable all at the same time. Because that church that was burned down in Mississippi, they had every right to be open. Mm -hmm. And they're, the person that burned it down came out of quarantine which is what they were burning the church down because people were coming out of quarantine. They burned it down. So they themselves came out of lockdown and then wrote hypocrite, which they didn't even spell right. I mean, could you be any more dumb? <laughs> I yeah. mean, really? Yeah. I'm sure that they could have been more dumb. I mean, what the heck? You're, you're whining about people coming out of an illegal quarantine, by the way. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to be locked down, let's just be clear. People have every right to religious freedom. It is our God-given right and in the Constitution. It's what America was founded on. Yep. And then you got evil people burning down churches because that's their right. And by the way, hypocrite is spelled with a C. Not a K. <laughs> We're homeschooled. We know better. Oh my gosh. Morons. Sorry. They just are. Well, it just kind of came to me that in First John, perfect love casts out fear. Mm -hmm. You see so many people, especially in the church, they only talk about God's love. That's it. God is love. It's like two, mentioned twice in the Bible. <laughs> but... If you're perfected in God's love, which people claim to know so well, then there shouldn't be fear. Mm -hmm. And that just came to me. Thank Good. <laughs> but it, you can see it in the church. People, I don't think, really know God. Because they only talk about a few characteristics. Right. And those are the best things that they think are, you know, the best things of God. When it's God is just... God is holy, God is righteous, he is judge. He's not just full of unfailing love and mercy and compassion, but he will send people to hell who deny him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for people to only preach about God's love and then be afraid, right. they aren't perfected in God's love. Right. And it's something that I've been praying about a lot when I'm afraid or something. I'm like, Lord, perfect me in your love. Right. Still, you know, run across the hall hallway and out of dark rooms. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry, perfect me. <laughs> well, and yeah, that 
That is true. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I hope that there's a great awakening. And that's why we're reading out of Smith Wigglesworth is because he was one of the great um, preachers back in the day during the major revivals that were happening around the world. And you just don't hear words like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um when we got to experience, you know, churches out of state that were just filled with the Holy Spirit, you knew there was no time limit. The Holy Spirit could move and work and speak through these pastors from all over the world. And it's like, you don't see that. Now there's a time limit and nobody prays for people and there's no call to repentance and sin is okayed and justified because God loves everybody. And the reality is... God does love us. That's why he sent his son. But he didn't send his son so we could keep on living in a sinful lifestyle. He gave us a way out like we just talked about. There's going to be temptations and trials and all this other stuff that happen. But he gives us that way out. Jesus is the way out. But most people, they've been justified in their sin don't worry about it God loves you no matter what you should worry about it Mm -hmm. you should absolutely worry about it because nowhere in the Bible does it say sinners are going to heaven matter of fact it's quite the opposite Mm -hmm. you can say that hell is full of people that Jesus loved because yes Jesus does love everyone but he is just Mm -hmm. and he is a judge and he's not going to let people who have denied him who have chosen sin and chosen the devil to enter into his pure and perfect place, that's heaven. Right. That's not just. Well, I mean, we wouldn't let criminals come into our house and dwell here. I mean, that would be dumb. Yeah, I mean, if you... You're just asking for trouble. God got rid of Satan and a third of the angels because they were prideful, they were sinful, they were trouble, they, they were unpure. against God. Yeah. So if anyone thinks that they can stay in sin and that you're going to be guaranteed tomorrow to repent, that is not true. No, it's the thief in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say I think people are becoming more comfortable in their sin also. Because it's been justified. Yeah, the I churches mean, are not holding anybody accountable. Probably because they're comfortable too. But then you look at the bigger picture, the church is not holding anybody accountable. Mm-hmm. So then look at what our government is doing. Look at at the absolute lawlessness Mm -hmm. and the rampant sin and the pure evil in our own government from Pelosi to Schumer to the AOAC thing or whatever her name is. (laughs) I don't know what her name is. I don't care. But they're pure evil. There's nothing good about them. And Obama and Clinton and all of them have gotten away with their lawlessness And if they think they're going to stay getting away with it, they're mistaken. Because eventually, evil loses in the end. And we know how it ends. Yeah. Everyone's going to have to stand before God. Mm Mm-hmm. Alone. Yep. Because, I mean, when I stand before God, you guys won't be there. Nope. It's Jesus who's going to be there because he's the mediator between us and God. Yep. And so all those people who are committing evil, if they don't repent... That is incredibly sad and kind of terrifying because they're going to hell. Yep, absolutely. And there's not going to be anything that they can say or do 
And Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you before my father. So the picture that I get is we're standing before God with Jesus there. And if we've denied Jesus, if we've denied God, Jesus is going to look at us and say, I never knew you. Yep. Which is terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. Because then you're going to hell and there's nothing you can do about that. When the judgment is final, that is it. Yep. You can't get out of it. You can't beg for mercy because God gave you opportunity after opportunity and opportunity. What's wrong? It's scary. I guess that's where the fear of God comes in. Yeah. And people are like, you shouldn't be afraid of God. Yes, you absolutely <laughs> should be afraid of God. Because see, also what we're seeing here, and this is another thing that bugs me. People are saying climate change, climate change, cli- global warming, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the reality is it is sin. Mm-hmm. We are in the end times and the world is coming to an end. Yeah. Because sin and lawlessness and rebellion against God has overtaken this world it is broken, it is being destroyed, and it is coming to an end. Has nothing to do with global warming, has nothing to do with climate change, has everything to do with evil people and their lawlessness and rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. God is going to destroy. He is going to. And He tells us He's going to. All the warnings. Everything that's happening, he's already told us in the Bible. We already know what's coming. That's why this isn't a surprise. But I never thought I'd see it. I mean, pastors don't even... I mean, that's another book in the Bible that pastors don't talk about is Revelation. Not very Mm -hmm. often. They only talk about the good stuff in Revelation. Like the last couple of chapters that talk about all the good stuff when beforehand there's all the bad stuff that's supposed to happen. People don't, I'm guessing they don't realize that. Well, there's like two, three three chapters towards the beginning of Revelation where it says, if you endure, and then it talks about the blessings and what you will get if you endure. There's a lot of ifs and buts. (laughs) If you do this, then this will happen. But Mm -hmm. if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And people have this information with the Bible. Mm -hmm. Just because you go to church, that is not a get-to-heaven-free card. Mm -hmm. Pastors don't replace the Bible. They're supposed to be teaching from it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll let you continue. Sorry. Well, no, you're you're fine. (laughs) I was going to say that um, as Christians, we need to be reading the entire Bible Mm-hmm. And having faith that everything that it says is true. Yep. That God is everything that he says he is. And that's why there are so many denominations and so many like subcategories of Christianity as people chose bits One and pieces part. that yep. they liked. And then they spun it and created a whole theology and a whole doctrine out of it. Right. So they're preaching God is love or something and then they're neglecting everything else. Which is bad. Right. <laughs> well, and because, and I want to find this scripture. He even um, says in Revelation not to take away or add mm-hmm. anything to the Bible. Right, yeah. and that's what I'm looking for right here. 
Um, it says... Well, <laughs> well, it says here, but here um, Jesus says in Revelation twenty two twelve, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Um, and it says here, also in Revelation 22, 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Yeah, I don't want anything taken away. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want anything added to me either. Yeah. So when we read like the Smith Wigglesworth, even though it's part of scriptures, we want to read the whole thing. It's not because we're denying anything, but we want people to hear that there's more to it. Some people will just read, like, one part of the scripture, but if you don't read the first five scriptures before that, you actually have no idea what's going on. You need the context. Yeah. And there, you know, you've, you've got to read past that. And the Old Testament and the New Testament definitely go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have them both. Yeah. Because throughout the Old Testament, from the very beginning of time to Revelation, talks about everything that's coming. talks about everything that's going to happen. It talks about the history and, and excuse me, what has happened before. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty awesome, and it's, it's an awesome book. Yeah. And people need to be paying attention to that. Yeah. I mean, it during, like, all the church shutdowns and stuff I've prayed that God would stir people up because you can work on your faith and you can read your Bible without going to church mm -hmm. if the Holy Spirit is teaching you because right. it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things you don't need a church and you don't need a pastor the Bible does also say not to neglect to meet together right which is a place where the church did fail right because here it's elderly community it's people in homes. It's people who live outside of town right. who probably don't make it to their friend's house or something, so they need the church right. to meet together, to stay connected. When everything shut down, right. everyone was isolated. Nobody met together. That's not true. We didn't We didn't listen to it. Oh, no. <laughs> we still met together. We did. <laughs> and we played football and played outside and did fun things. Really, it didn't affect our lives all that much. Quarantine birthday. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> But it's all a bunch of crap. It is. It just, it just is. How many people in the Bible met in their homes well, yeah. to do church yeah. or something like that? I'm not exactly sure what, ex what happened with the church and why they decided to dedicate a building to it mm -hmm. and that sort of a thing. Like, was it really that bad to have people come and meet in your home? Or to go out and visit with people. Or to have church in the park. Church yeah. or at the lake. Under like, a tree. <laughs> I mean, look at what... Jesus didn't have a building. Mm -mm. He, he didn't have a building. He went and preached all over. On yeah. foot, mind you. <laughs> or on a boat. 
Which yeah. The crowds were so big, you had to get into a boat. Right. But, I don't know. We're in interesting times, to say the least. Yeah. And I'm grateful that we do have the Bible, and that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have each other, that we actually do lay hands on the sick, and we pray for a lot of people, which I'm grateful that God gives us those opportunities, because I know he's going to work mightily in those situations. And he has, and we've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And even though tough times are tough, I'm grateful that we get the opportunity to look back and see how God moved, even though there were times where we didn't see it right away. And those times were hard. And then now we look back and we're like, man, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't think we share that enough, though. I don't think we talk about all God has done enough because when we were homeless and stuff, God did awesome things even before that. Right. Because I think about, um, like, when we lost our cars and stuff and how someone from our church gave us a car. Yeah. And not only that, but I remember looking... (laughs) That same day, I remember <laughs> looking in the fridge. We had, like, an apple yeah. and, like, some saltine crackers to oatmeal. feed five and oatmeal. people. We lived off oatmeal for, like, a week. <laughs> yeah, and that was to feed five people. And then not too long, there was a knock on the door. Someone from our church gave us a car with a trunk full of food. Yeah. And that was awesome. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't know that we needed food. Right. And it was a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we lived in yeah we we did live in in the minivan for a while we traveled and we got through a sandstorm in that van we did we we got through all that started on fire (laughs) oh the poor van yeah it started on fire yeah Yeah. it started on fire and but you know when we were homeless you guys got to do school on the beach and you dug for crabs and we watched bald eagles Go fishing and seals fish and pop their heads out and Otters, think stayed at fishing. different places and we always had a roof over our head. We never yeah. had to sleep on the street. Yeah, always had a place to take showers or always had money for food even if yeah. it wasn't a lot. And that was, I think, what really helped us understand what faith was. Mm-hmm. It's not being comfortable. It's not if you're doing everything right, then only good things happen. It's sometimes things happen. And that's probably why we grow, or we have grown so fond of Job. Right. Where it's, he had perfect integrity. God himself said that he was a man of perfect integrity. And then he lost like everything except his ridiculous nagging wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And friends, which were not so helpful. Yeah. But it, it, Definitely opens your eyes to see, I guess, a side of God that nobody talks about, which is God will allow things to happen, but it's to test us. It's maybe God's proving Satan wrong. (laughs) So it... Well, and that's just it. I mean, God said to Satan, you're allowed to do this, but you don't bring death on him. Mm -hmm. He is righteous. And even though Job got frustrated... And you could hear the frustration. He still believed God. Yeah. He still believed that there was a purpose and a reason. Yeah. And and it's sad that the churches don't focus more on Job or Revelation or Isaiah or Jeremiah. 
They don't focus a lot on the Old Testament. No. Which is important because... Or judges. Yeah. Or judges. Ehud, (laughs) my favorite. (laughs) So Ehud is awesome. And Court, you know, brought that to our attention. And I've read the whole Bible numerous times, but that's the other thing that's pretty amazing about the Bible. Mm -hmm. Is you can read over it from end to end and do it again the next year and you will see something completely new like... Wait, I just read this and I don't remember this at all. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, I've already read through the Bible twice. This is my third time, and I've, I'm still finding new stuff. Yeah, all the time. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even verses I've read over probably hundreds of times. Right, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, but you wanted to say something about Ehud? Oh, it's just. I think the first time I remember reading it was, I was, think, 15. And I was reading, I'm like, that's in the Bible? (laughs) It's a story about Ehud, who was a left-handed man, and he was a godly assassin. (laughs) He killed probably the fattest king in Israel's history, plunging a double-edged sword into the stomach of the wicked king, and it said that he was so fat that his fat closed over the right. of the plate. It was so graphic, and there's tons of other details that I'm leaving out. <laughs> but it's Ehud needed to deliver God's people. Right. And he assassinated the king. Right. It's like, yeah, so much for Christians are, you know, peaceful, oh. and we don't hurt other people, but... Can I? It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... I like how you're raising your finger. Can I, can I, can I got something to yeah. say. So, um, there's a documentary book called Bonhoeffer. Mom, mm-hmm. you have read it before, and so have you, Cor, but I'm reading through it, and there was something that Bonhoeffer said, and he was a, like, was he a theologian? Yes. Mm-hmm. Theologian in Nazi <laughs> times, and... He said something in a letter to one of his friends or something that not enough people are willing to be violent for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. And that's something kind of that, I think you mentioned this just before I started talking, Cora, is that, you know, Christians, I think, or quote, quote, Christians yeah. say that we're supposed to be peaceful, but if God calls you to do something... Yeah. That isn't always peaceful, quote, quote, in our eyes, humans' eyes, yeah. you know, that you need to do it. Well, it says, blessed are the peacemakers. But it, sometimes being a peacemaker, you have to be violent. Means extinguishing evil. Yep. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it means. Sometimes that comes in the form of human flesh. Yep. Yeah. And the thing is, is, and we've talked about this so many times, is Christians are not supposed to be weak or cowardly. They are not supposed to be cowering in the corner. Mm-hmm. If someone calls you a name, get over it. Mm-hmm. Christians are supposed to be standing firm in their faith. Mm-hmm. There's soldiers out there, and I, I'm sad for them because they've missed out on what God needed them to do. And now they're dealing with after effects of things that they never should have had to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians are, should be bold and mm-hmm. sometimes violent. Because even in the Bible, it, God tells us we are to rid our homes of evil. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that Americans as a whole have become weak. Our founding fathers, they believed in God. Mm-hmm. They founded this country based off of biblical values mm-hmm. and what God was telling them to do. Yeah. And they fought for it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, blood was shed. It happens. That's how you get your freedom and keep it. Sometimes people have to die. And that's unfortunate. But you can't allow evil to prevail. Mm-hmm. Ever. Just not ever. Um, and I, I was trying to find the, the scripture um, and because we're running out of time here, but um, I think it was Timothy. But Bonhoeffer also stated it, that if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's counted to you as sin. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. And we're doing this podcast because, you know, we feel the church has neglected God's word and isn't living out what God has called the church to do. Yeah. Um, we can't, we don't have the finances to go from person to person and state to state and country to country preaching God's word. Yeah. So we want to take, you know, some of these faith preachers' um, uh, sermons and share them because you just don't hear that anymore. We want to encourage America and anybody else that listens to be faithful in prayer. Trust God no matter what it looks like. If you put your faith and trust in God, he will not put you to shame. Mm-hmm. He just, he won't. He will be there. And he will protect those that call on him because he says that he will. Yeah. And we have seen that firsthand. And God really protected us when we were homeless in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> of all places, Washington. Yeah. Which is a pretty dark place. Mm-hmm. And then traveling all over the country and living all over the country is... God took very good care of us. And we yeah. met a lot of cool people. Yeah. And we were able to help them yeah. also. Yeah. Which Even when we didn't have a lot, we still tried to help. Right. Because it's us being obedient to God. Right. And another reason why we are doing this podcast is to hopefully challenge and encourage people to put God first. Right. Because Jesus is the ultimate authority. Right. He is over everything. And so it's putting God first and obeying his word, even when it's not popular. Right. Even if um, people in church say... One thing, we want to encourage people to go to the Bible and to seek God Mm -hmm. and to actually look for the truth. Right. Because you don't always get that in church. You don't get that in the news. You don't get that from your neighbors necessarily. Right. So that's why we're also doing this. But also we want to remind America that our greatness comes from God. Our greatness and our laws and our constitution comes from the biblical authority, uh, which is God himself. Um, We were marked great years and years and years and years and years ago because of that. And we stood out. And people from all over the world looked upon America with awe. 
and it wasn't some sort of stupid privilege like Democrats like to talk about. It's not privilege. It's blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was God's blessing on America. Um, and unfortunately, politicians and evil has overtaken the goodness that once was America. And we hope and pray that uh, the American people will rise up again and and look at the bigger picture and turn off their lying media and uh, go to their Bibles and go together as a family or a community and pray, pray for their cities and their towns um, and step up. You don't like your governor? Stop voting in people just because of their color. Stop voting in people because, oh, we want to have the first female whatever or stop doing stupid things Mm -hmm. because it's pure foolishness to do that. You're destroying greatness because of foolishness. Look past that. Look past color. Look past... If they're male or female, by the way, there's only male or female. Just so I'd say that. Yep. They're talking about science, and that's, that's how a, science is. That's a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whole other Don't even get me started. Yeah, that's going to be too hard. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Probably. But um, we pray that this was a blessing, and, and we hope that... Um, I hope that people wake up before it's too late because time is running out and we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So we pray blessings over each person that listens to this and we pray that God's spirit moves mightily over you and and we thank you for listening. God bless y'all and God bless America.